Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the preparations of the heart as we pick up in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 1. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Shall we turn now to Proverbs 16, the 16th chapter. The preparations of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. God works in our lives even when we're not aware of it. If we're a child of God, God is continually working in our lives. It's amazing how many times we say things that we don't realize that at the time we are saying it, but actually it's a word from the Lord. It just comes out. God prepares your heart. The preparations of the heart, they're from God. In Philippians we read, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God that is working in you both to will and to do. You see, God is planting now his law in the fleshly tablets of our hearts, even as he promised to Jeremiah. The day will come when I will no longer write my law on the tables of stone, but in the fleshly tables of their heart. So God plants his word, God plants his desires right in your heart. So the preparations of the heart are from the Lord. How great it is to be a child of God and to have your life submitted to the Lord so that the Lord is directing from that just inner kind of desires and all that he plants within your own heart. Second proverb, all the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits. Now, no matter what a guy does, it's right, you know. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. You can justify everything you've done. We're so full of excuses. No, well, I did it because, you know. Even if it was wrong, we've got a good reason, or at least a good excuse. Of course, Benjamin Franklin said, the man who is good with excuses is seldom good for anything else. The ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but God weighs the spirits. Now, God knows the motives. God knows why I did it, the motive behind it, and that's what's important. Commit thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established. So many times we're worried that we haven't done enough. And probably correct. However, when we look at our service to God, we so often say, oh, but, you know, I should have done such a better job. And, you know, I, well, could you have done a better job? No, I did the best I could. Well, that's all God expects. God doesn't expect more from you than what you can actually produce. So you've got to commit your works unto the Lord. Do your best and then just commit the rest and your thoughts will be established. Well, you know, Lord, that's the best I can do. You know, sorry, you have to use this kind of instrument to do your work, Lord, but that's the way it is. And that's all I can do. And I don't Go home and worry, oh, could I have done this? Could I have done that? Oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. You just do your best, and then you just place the rest in his hands. Your thoughts are then established. You rest. Well, Lord, here it is, such as it is, the best I can do. And and you just commit your work to the Lord, 
and your thoughts then are established, just are resting. Well, best I could do. God, you know, use it if you can. It's my best. This is an interesting and yet a difficult proverb to understand. The Lord has made all things for himself. Yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. Now, the word evil, of course, is a reference to the judgment that is coming. There is a scripture in Isaiah that has brought a lot of problems to people where God has declared that he has created evil. And they say, oh, how could God create evil? The word actually is judgments. God has created the judgments that come upon the evil. So the Lord has made all things for himself. Thou hast created all things, and for thy good pleasure they are and were created. And God has even created the evil or the wicked. Now, God didn't create them wicked, but he created wicked people. Can you catch the difference? God created people. Some of them are wicked. They don't have to be but they are. God created them. It doesn't, you can't deny the fact that God created them. So in a sense, you can say God created the wicked. He didn't create them wicked, but he created the wicked. They became wicked. God created them. And he has actually created also the judgments that shall come upon those wicked persons. Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. One of those, another one of those, which God has a lot of things that are an abomination to him. Uh, again, you need to take your concordance and go through the book of Proverbs and go through this word abomination and find out how many things are an abomination unto God. Now, I don't know exactly what an abomination is, but it sounds bad. And I know I don't want to be one. <laughs> now, the proud in heart are an abomination to the Lord. Oh, that pride, what a destroyer it is. We'll get to that in a minute. And though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. Now, this hand-in-hand, hand, again, the striking of the hand, making a deal, it's usually a, a you know, a, in, in this case, joining hand-in-hand hand for strength, yet you can't escape the punishment. By mercy and truth, iniquity is cleansed. God's mercy and God's truth. You remember... Um, John, in the opening remarks concerning Jesus Christ, said, For the law came by Moses, but grace and truth by Jesus Christ. And of course, grace and mercy are sister kind of words. Mercy and truth, grace and truth. By mercy and truth, iniquity is cleansed. And by the fear or the reverence of the Lord, men depart from evil. Now, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. And so here, by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. 
There is a tremendous inconsistency. John points it out in his first epistle. He said, he that saith he hath fellowship with God and walketh in darkness is lying. He isn't telling the truth. You cannot walk in fellowship with God and have uh, a, a desire and a love for evil. The fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Thus, really, the goal of each of our lives is and should be to be pleasing to God. God, what pleases you? Now, usually we use as our standard, is it right or is it wrong? And trying to measure, and this was, of course, the, the mistake that the, uh, that the religious leaders in Judaism made concerning the law. Now, what constitutes bearing a burden on the Sabbath day? What if you have false teeth? If you put your false teeth on on the Sabbath day, that means you're bearing a burden, doesn't it? You're carrying something that isn't natural to you. What about if you have a wooden leg? Well, sure, that's a burden, so you can't put it on on the Sabbath day. And, and all of these little fine points, you know, they're trying to tune the fine points of, of right and wrong. You can throw all of that out the window. The real question is, is it pleasing to God? Is God pleased with it? Because you may sit down and rationalize that, a, that you know, a particular action, a particular thing that you want to do, you may rationalize and say, well, sure, look, it's all right. And give all of your rationale for why it's right but it may not be pleasing to God. So really, the rightness or the wrongness of a particular action isn't what really matters. What really matters is, does it really please the Lord? My life, I desire that my life be pleasing. Jesus said, I do always those things that please the Father. Now, if you use that as your standard, you won't have to worry about right or wrong. You won't have to sit and, and examine a thing to see if it's really right or really wrong. Hey, does it please God? That's where it's at. When a man's ways please the Lord, then the Lord makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. <laughs> Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without right. A little that a righteous man hath is greater riches than many wicked. Same concept. A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. How many times our plans have been changed by the Lord? We've decided we're going to do something, and God throws the monkey wrench in and stops us. I'm always sensitive to interruptions. 
Maybe God is trying to stop me. You know, the man who is expecting to be disturbed is the man who is never disturbed when disturbances come. If you are open to God and you think, well, Lord, anytime, you know, I'm heading down a path you don't want, you just stop me. Therefore, I'm expecting to be disturbed. Therefore, when the disturbance comes, it doesn't disturb me because my life and my steps are committed to the Lord. So we devise something in our heart, but God directs our steps. And I want it that way. I I don't want to do my own will. I don't want to fulfill my own purposes. I want God to stop me whenever I am getting out of line and doing something that isn't from him and directed by him. I want the Lord to interrupt me. I want God to disturb me. I want God to direct my steps. A divine sentence is in the lips of the king. His mouth transgresseth not in judgment. Now, herein, of course, is a beautiful situation when the king is a godly king. Then God will direct his mouth, his lips, and place actually God's sentences within his lips. And his mouth will not transgress, will be faithful in judgment. A just weight and balance are the Lord's. All the weights of the bag are his work. Now again, we'll get another proverb that deals with this pretty soon. All of their merchandising was done with the balanced scales. And so they would have little bags of weights. And the crooked merchant would have two bags of weights. Diverse weights, one that they would sell with and one that they would buy with. So butchers have had their thumbs on the scales for years. <laughs> goes back to the time of Proverbs, where in the balancing, they would use one set of weights to buy and they would use another bag of weights to sell. It's an abomination of the Lord. False balance is an abomination unto God. But the true, honest in business, a just weight and balance are the Lord's. And all the weights of the bag are his work. It is an abomination to kings to commit wickedness, for the throne is established by righteousness. So those who are in leadership actually have a greater responsibility before God. Righteous lips are the delight of kings, and they love him that speaks right. The wrath of the king is as messengers of death, but a wise man will pacify it. In the light of the king's countenance is life, and his favor is is as a cloud of the latter rain. So here we have four proverbs that are related to each other because they all deal with kings. And inasmuch as none of you are kings, well, I don't know, maybe you are. 
You're the king's kids. Now Solomon declares how much better it is to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding rather to be chosen than silver. You remember when he started out, God said to Solomon, ask of me whatever you desire. And Solomon prayed for wisdom. And God said, in that you have asked for wisdom, you've asked for a good thing. And I will grant unto you wisdom, but I will also grant unto you that which you did not ask, riches and so forth. And so wisdom, understanding, these are more valuable than gold, treasure, silver. The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. And he that keeps his way preserveth his soul. Then one that is very familiar but so often misquoted. How many times you've heard people say, pride goeth before a fall. That's not a scripture. This is the scripture from which that quotation is taken, but it is misquoted. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So pride goes before destruction. That haughty spirit is going to be brought down. Humble thyself in the sight of the Lord. He shall lift thee up. He that humbleth himself shall be exalted. He that exalteth himself shall be abased. Better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. So a couple of them that deal with pride and humility. He that handleth a matter wisely shall find good. And whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. <laughs> How neat it is to just have your trust in the Lord. Happy man. You know, you're not really disturbed by the circumstances of life. My trust is in God. Happy is he. The wise in heart shall be called prudent, and the sweetness of the lips increaseth learning. Understanding is a wellspring of life unto him that hath it, but the instruction of fools is folly. So understanding, with all of thy getting, get understanding, David said to Solomon. It's a wellspring of life to him who has it. Oh, God grant to us a better understanding. I think to have understanding is so important because I think it is the key to compassion. There are many people in many circumstances in which we find it difficult to, to be compassionate. In operating summer camps, which I did for years and years. You get those kids that are just behavioral problems. I've had the counselors come in and say, you better get that kid out of my group or I'm going to kill him. He's horrible. You know, he's just screaming at night and, and always creating problems. I can't stand that kid. Get him out of there before you have to carry him out. going to do something rash. And so I'll bring the little kid in. And I'll sit him down, and of course, you know, he has to go to Chuck, and he comes in all trembling, and, you know, here he is, you know. Like I'm going to be a monster. 
And I'll go over and buy him an ice cream bar and sit him down and start talking, ask him, you know, about his home, about his background. And the little kid will start unfolding the story, how his dad, he never sees him, doesn't know where he is, comes home, his mom's usually drunk, different men in the house who yell at him and tell him to get out of there and all this kind of stuff. And man, you get the background stories of some of these little guys and you can't believe it. It's horrible. And then I'll call the counselor back in and I said, do you realize that, you know, this is what happens and then this little kid goes home and this is what the situation is? Oh, wow, you know. Well, you have a whole changed attitude towards him. Now you understand why he's fighting everybody. Man, this little kid has to fight for survival. And as you understand now the background, now you can have compassion and now you can deal with him and now you can minister to him. Understanding is such an important thing. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Proverbs on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Proverbs 16 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord... Cause his word to be established in each of your hearts and lives. And may you grow in grace and in knowledge of him. And may he with his cords of loving kindness just draw you unto himself. That you may ever experience a richer, fuller, deeper comprehension of that love that God has for you, his child. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Undoubtedly, one of the most glaring signs that our society is in trouble is the breakdown of the family unit. Marriages just aren't making it today, and kids are suffering as they watch the breakup of their homes. Those marriages still holding together are often plagued by conflict and turmoil, making the home a battleground instead of a refuge. That's why The Word for Today would like to present Pastor Chuck Smith's Marriage and Family MP3, 
where Pastor Chuck discusses basic biblical principles to keep a family's love alive. Each member of the family has a different set of needs and responsibilities. And when you know and apply God's principles, everyone in the family can experience real peace, real joy, and an agape love. To order your copy of the Marriage and Family MP3 by Chuck Smith, call The Word for Today at 800-272-WORD or visit us online at thewordfortoday.org.